hello from the members of First United Methodist Church in Royce City. Thank you for listening to this podcast. We hope you find it meaningful and relevant. You're invited to join us for worship anytime, and you can learn more about our worship options, location, and small group opportunities by visiting our website, fumcroycecity.org. Today, we hear from our pastor, Reverend Chris Everson. May God bless you as you listen to His Word proclaimed. So we're continuing our series uh, called Blindsided. We're talking about seven ways that that life, things happen in life that um, we don't want to deal with. Sometimes we don't expect it, but, but it, it hits us anyway. And I'll admit, um, this particular sermon, whenever we talked about doing this series, I think last October, this is the one sermon that I didn't want to preach. <laughs> because it's hard. I know it's hard. When we talk about burnout, you know, I thought about, okay, I can, like, tell a joke to begin the sermon. And I could do that. But, you know, that's, I think it's trite. Because burnout is a very serious thing. So would you please go to God in prayer with me? Oh, God, we come to you this morning opening our hearts to you. We are thankful that we have reminders during uh, the year about your love for us. And this Sunday is one of those days where we remember your Holy Spirit coming on those that were there together after the resurrection, after Christ ascended. And Lord, we remember that because we know that you still pour out your Holy Spirit on us and that you allow us to hear your word. So God, I pray right now that you just let the words of my mouth and the meditation of each heart here be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. So uh, when I first got here to Royce City, I got an email from a company called Right Now Media, and they were telling us about a, a program that they had that I know a lot of you have uh, taken advantage of. It's a, it's a streaming service, as they, they like to call themselves the uh, Netflix of Bible studies. And the reason why they call themselves that is because they have a whole bunch of Bible studies that are connected to uh, this, this streaming service. And if you're interested, April can help you point that out, or you can talk to me after the service, and we'll help you get, get hooked up with that. But one of the advantages that we just took advantage of last year is that we had the opportunity for our entire staff to go and participate in a conference. And actually, the staff is going to be off doing that this next November while I'm off on another, uh, another uh, adventure or experience. Uh, but this past year, I was really, really excited because uh, one of Tracy's clients uh, for, the, for the company she works for, Pete Briscoe, was going to be a speaker at this conference. And it was, I think, the first day of the conference, and, and he got up and gave just a remarkable talk 
about how we need each other. And, and he used the passage from uh, Ecclesiastes 4, 8 through 12, and, and that is a scripture that I know that I've used for weddings, and uh, it, it's an easy one to remember. In, in the middle of that, it has the line, two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. And it ends up talking about how a, a three-ply cord, that is, you have two people in God, that, that, it, that it helps strengthen. But he was using it, not talking about weddings, but he was talking about how it is important for us to remember that we can't do life on our own that we need to, to rela- rely on each other. We need to strengthen each other with our bond with God so that we may be lifted up. This past March, uh, Pete Briscoe was uh, speaking to his congregation at Bentry Bible. And as he was talking, he was telling them that he was stepping down from the ministry. And he says, I have had a, a horrible time in my ministry. I, I felt empty. I felt like, um, like I didn't really want to be there anymore. And he talked about how there were seasons in his life where he would just look forward to, to going on vacation because that would, that would charge him up. And he would feel like his batteries got charged for a little bit, and then something would happen, and he would be down again. Then he started to ask for sabbaticals, and the church would give him a month or two-month sabbaticals, and he would feel energized again, and then after he got working again, he would go back down. And shortly after that talk at the Right Now Media Conference, he went on one of those sabbaticals. He had no idea. At least I had no idea what he was going through. His message was powerful. He was, he was bringing it. But then to hear that that was the moment when he spoke on Ecclesiastes, he went home to his wife, and his wife asked how it went, and he said, oh, it was great. There were thousands of people in the church. They, they loved every word. I got amens. I got a big applause. And she says, well, it must be great to be in front of a whole bunch of your fans. And then he realized that he was getting ready to step over a line and that he needed to pull back. He was dealing with burnout. And, you know, it's so much easier when you talk about pastors who have failed, politicians who have failed, people in in the limelight who have failed. It's so easy to point at them and say, wow, they've really, they're, they're horrible. I can't believe they were placed in that type of position. But, you know, folks, burnout is something that we all deal with. You know, I will admit, in my 19 years of, of ministry, I've had what can be considered low-grade burnout. I've had moments... I've had moments in ministry where I said, you know, I'm done. Why in the world would I step out and do that to myself again? 
let me reassure you, <laughs> this is not me saying that I'm burned out right now and I need to go. <laughs> but I remember those times. And as I recount them, I remember how much they hurt. And my hope and my prayer is as we move through this time together, maybe 45 minutes the way that I'm going right now, but as we move through this time together, you realize that it's okay that somebody is there for you. I'm jumping way ahead, but let me back up. See, burnout is something that happens to everyone. There was a survey by Gallup Poll in uh, 2018 that had these stats. They, they did a, a survey of 7,500 full-time employees. 23% reported feeling burned out at work very often or always. 44% reported feeling burned out sometimes. So you have a, a, a moderate or a, a slow-grade burnout, a, a moderate burnout, and then just totally wiped out. You know, that happens. It's just not pastors. It's just not politicians. It's not people in the public eye. Every single one of us has the potential to be burned out in our lives. And there are some signs that you can tell if you are moving towards this type of burnout. I got this list from the book that this series is based off of by Carrie Newhoff. Your passion fades. The things that you, you, you want to do, it just kind of dies off. You no longer feel highs and lows. You're just kind of plateaued off. Everyone drains you. You may just want to shut your door, turn off your phones, just shut the blinds so nobody contacts you at all. <laughs> you become more cynical. That's kind of self-explanatory. Nothing satisfies you. You can't think straight. Your, predict your productivity is dropping. One of the worst things, you become self-medicating, whether it's food, whether it's binge-watching TV, whether it's alcohol or drugs, whether it's doing things on the Internet that you know that you shouldn't be doing. You don't laugh anymore. You're Sleep and time off no longer refreshes you. See, if you have one or two of these things, you may have that low-grade burnout. If you recognize a lot more of these warning signs, then maybe you're kind of closer off the edge of the cliff than you realize. But I think the biggest danger of burnout is thinking that it's something you yourself can take care of, that, that you can get yourself out of this hole. And my friends, you can't. You can't work harder to get yourself out of burnout. You can't sacrifice your own needs to get out of burnout. You become numb. There's nothing that you can do that is fun or nothing that, that gives you life or, or gives you energy. So now that I've totally depressed myself and maybe you, I have good news. And that good news is 
you don't have to do this alone. You don't have to do it alone. Talk to someone. Find somebody that you can talk to that can, that can help you. I love this passage from 1 Thessalonians 5, 11. It says, encourage one another, build one another up just as you are doing. Paul writes this in a, in a, in a moment where the Thessalonians are in a deep, dark area. They, they have all of these things coming in around them. They're being told to go the wrong way, and, and they need this encouragement. And sometimes when we just tell someone we're struggling, it helps others know that we need encouraging. So when we hide our depression, when we hide those dark moments that we have in our lives, it, it, it eats at us. When we build and, and have strong relationships that we can rely on, those dark moments, I'm not going to say they're going to go away, but you have someone that you can talk to about those moments. You know, I'm so thankful that I have my, my wife, Tracy. I, I talk with her a lot of things. But I have other people that, that I feed into, and they feed into me. I have a, a bandmates that we get together, hopefully on every Monday if we can, and we sit and we talk and we share. I'm thankful for Jeff, and I'm thankful for Rylan. I have two clergy partners that, that we get together a lot. I get together with Omar and with Andy, and we share what's going on in the life of ministry. Every Sunday morning at 7 o'clock, I'm thankful that a college friend of mine, Jay, he calls me as he's going on to do his work as a music minister at a church, and, and we talk, and we share what's going on with each other's lives, and we, we feed into each other because we know that that is a life-giving experience that we don't have to rely on ourselves, that we can tell others and, and pray for each other and support one another. Even though we may have those dark moments, we know that we are not alone. Okay, now here comes the pastor answer. Another thing that you can do when you're, you're trying to deal with the darkness and with depression or with burnout is that you need to lean into God. You need to lean into God. And I will tell you, sometimes you may not feel anything. You may feel like the prayers that you're praying are just bouncing off the ceiling, or maybe they just fall out of your mouth and just right out in front of you. But Jesus gives us our word, and this is the scripture that I wanted to pick today because it's someone that I live from Matthew chapter 11, and verse 28 and 30. Jesus tells us, to come to me. Come to Jesus, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I love that. I will give you rest. Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to make everything all better. Jesus doesn't say, I'm going to give you all the answers so you don't have to worry about anything. No, Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you rest. He's saying, continue to pray, continue to read the Bible, because as he continues, take my yoke upon you. Take what, what I have for you upon you and learn from me. For he is gentle and humble in heart, and you will find 
rest for your souls before his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Sometimes we don't want to lean into God because if we lean into God, then, well, we have to release things. When we lean into God, we are saying, God, what is going on with me? I give back to you all of the worry, all of the trouble. Please take this and allow your spirit to work through me. And the final thing that you need to do is that you need to get help. I saw a meme on Facebook that made me chuckle, but it's true. It says, if it's okay, it's okay to need Jesus and a therapist. You know, you would not go to a best friend if you broke a bone to have them set it. You would go to a doctor. You wouldn't go uh, to a best friend to remove an appendix. You would go to someone who could actually do the work. And my friends, sometimes with the stuff that's going on in our souls... It's good to have people around you. It's good to have them pour into your life and let them know that you're there, but it is good to go see a mental health authority or a doctor, preferably a a Christian counselor, to help you move through these dark and depressing times. There's been a history in our church of providing mental health professionals. Dr. Uh, Reverend Dan Bruce was here for a long time before he retired, and people would come and, and meet with him and do counseling sessions. And when he retired, I was kind of worried because I realized that that would leave kind of a hole in our church. But I got connected with uh, somebody through the chamber, uh, Aaron Kincaid, who has a counseling center called Higher Hopes Counseling. Um, you can visit her website, Higher Hopes Counseling. Dot com, and she's also on Facebook, too. But when the trustees allowed her to do that, she has shared with me kind of a, a, a big overview of the type of work that she and her partners are doing, and they are doing incredible work with people in our community and in our church. Go see someone. You know, contact us on, on Facebook or, or on our website. <coughs> Get the help that you need. You know, I will admit, and I'm not ashamed of this. I, I didn't want to share this, but I felt like I needed to. I see a counselor. Matter of fact, I'm going to go see him tomorrow morning. This has been a hard year. But I am thankful that I have somebody that I can go to. That way I don't have to put everything on my wife. I can share things with my counselor to help me move through things that are happening, to give me a second set of ears and and maybe a second way of doing things so that I can be healthy, to be there for my family, to be there for you. I don't have to weigh down SPRC. You know, I've had moments that I just know that I need to have that. 
And finally, if you are feeling hopeless and if you feel like there is no one around to help, the least that you can do is please contact the suicide hotline. And I know we podcast this and we're on Facebook Live right now. That number is 1-800-273-8255. Reach out to someone because you have a gift that this world desperately needs. You have a blessing that you can share with others because God has gifted you in a remarkable way and committing suicide or doing something like that is not the answer. Finally, today is Pentecost Sunday. You know, it's a day that God poured out his Holy Spirit on the early church, and as we said, God continues to pour out the Holy Spirit on each and every one of us. I love this story because this story is also the end of a dark, long season. Easter was 50 days ago, and sometimes it doesn't affect us as it may have those people in the early church because we know the rhythm we know the pattern, but for that early church, they didn't have a rhythm. They didn't have a pattern. Everything was new for them. Christ rose on Easter Sunday. He, he showed up to 500-plus people uh, the, during those 40 days before he ascended into heaven. And I just can't imagine what it felt like for those disciples on Ascension Sunday 10 days ago when they saw Jesus rise up in the sky and says, oh, by the way, I'm going to send you someone. So just, you just hang out in Jerusalem, and, and you, will, you will see. He didn't give them a time frame. He didn't say, on this day, this will happen. So for 10 days, they waited they didn't know what was going to happen. That happens to us too, doesn't it? Sometimes we hear a diagnosis. Sometimes we have an argument. Sometimes we lose a job or we lose contact with someone we love. And we wait. And we wait. And then our lives get darker and we start feeling less and less. But the good news, my friends, is that on Pentecost Sunday, on this day, the Holy Spirit showed up and blessed the church. So if you hear anything, just know that you may be going through a dark and desperate time right now, but the Holy Spirit will show up. The Holy Spirit will give hope. The Holy Spirit will give peace. The Holy Spirit will give you comfort and let you know that you are never alone. Thanks be to God. So our little uh, soul training sheet gives you 10 factors, some more factors than I gave you on how to recover for burnout. I'm going to go over that, but please take that home and look at it, and I will post this on Facebook too.
take a look and see how you can recover. But my friends, the most important thing, know that you don't have to do this alone. That we are here for you. That God is here for you. And there is help for the helpless. There is hope for the hopeless. There is love because Christ loved us and poured out his spirit on us. Let us pray. Oh God, <clears throat> sometimes talking about burnout is hard. But I can almost guarantee that every single one of us in this space, every single person who may be watching us on Facebook now, those who will hear this podcast later, will have some form of burnout in their lives. I pray that this Sunday we have given hope, hope that you do not need to go through life alone, hope that there is always someone there ready to listen, ready to care, hope to know that each and every person is gifted in a way that is a blessing for others. So God, help us to lean on each other. Help us to lean on you and help us to seek the help that we need so that we can live the life that you have called us to live as your children. And so God, we lift this prayer to you. In the name of the one who gives us life and life abundantly. And the one who sent the Spirit so that we may have gifts to share with others. In Jesus' name, amen.